This is Rating Descending. Where we watch IMDb's worst 250 movies so you don't have to. I'm Michelle St. Clair. I'm Abigail Ward. And this week we watched Super Mario Bros. Two Brooklyn plumbers, Mario and Luigi, must travel to another dimension to rescue a princess from the evil dictator King Koopa and stop him from taking over the world. Let's watch! Hey! <laughs> Woohoo! To me, Luigi. <laughs> he, he's kind of gruffer, right? And yeah. then there's Toad. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Brooke. <laughs> uh, oh my god! <laughs> hey, hey, Abby. Hi. Hey. Wow. Hey. Oh my god. Sometimes we get emails, as you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those emails are legendary, and I think I've gotten the best email that I've ever gotten in my life. Ooh, I'm excited. Uh, it is. It is from. She's emailed through before. Vira. Okay. She'd helped to find the uh, IMDb user that uh, someone else was referring to, I think, at the Twilight episodes yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, she emailed through an email titled Italian Censorship Visa number 97930. Oh, sorry. Delivered on 27 April 2004. Dear Michelle and Abigail, I just listened to episode 136, Talk. Like the both of you, I too found no interest whatsoever in the trivia item Italian Censorship Visa number 97930 delivered on 27 April 2004. And like the both of you, I also had many unanswered questions. I didn't think I could bother finding answers to. But something inside of me had to know. Something in my bones. And then what, what follows is under a couple of subtitles. First, the trivia item. IMDb doesn't list the user who added an item of trivia, and a Google search makes this even less clear. Over 3,000 other films listed on IMDb have an Italian censorship trivia item, all formatted the exact same way. Italia censorship visa number blank delivered on blank. This feels like way too many to be just one person, but it also feels like way too few to be a bot. Of the over 130,000 films with easily available Italian censorship visa information, why would a bot post only 3,000? Expanding our search to include the censorship visas of other countries, we find even more IMDb trivia items, all with identical formatting as the Italian listings. Take, for example, the 1949 film In the Name of the Law, itself an Italian film. Its IMDb page lists the censorship visas for Italy, Finland, France, and Sweden, all as separate trivia listings, and all with zero out of one found this interesting what's an italian censorship visa the next subheading okay i want to quickly stress that i truly do not give a shit about any of this my apparent need to find answers to these questions is a curse upon my very soul the italian state was censoring stuff basically since its unification before cinema was even a thing in 1913 the italian government passed a law specifically targeting cinema that gave a single office the power to nationally censor all films both italian and imported then mussolini invented fascism and their cinema censorship got even worse mussolini invented fascism technically he did he was a fascist like the nazis were technically a slightly different but related thing was there no fascism prior the 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 term and specificity of fascism like i'm pretty sure mussolini was the first like well, that fascist w- party yeah is that when the 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 term was f- first coined yeah i think so okay 
Um, and uh, then they lost World War II, abolished their monarchy, became a republic, and forgot to revert any of their fascist-era cinema censorship laws in any meaningful way. Then the Catholics made censorship even worse for some reason. I think it got a little better in the 60s. Under Italian censorship laws, all films are banned by default and need to be given clearance by the administration. What the fuck? So they get a license to be cleared? Yeah. Right. So everything is banned and then they say whether it's actually okay. <laughs> That's so weird. So you'd ha- would you have to go through the process of making an entire film and then hope it doesn't get banned? Basically, yeah. What the fuck? So, like, you make a film and as soon as it is conceived, it is finished, it's banned and then has to be unbanned to be released. Yeah. That's horrible. What if your film just never gets to be released because it's banned? <laughs> At least you could release it somewhere that isn't Italy. Ah. <laughs> this certificate of clearance is the censorship visa. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> really, really honouring the listenership. Coffee burps taste sweeter than other burps. What? Importantly, in addition, <laughs> in addition to a total ban, a 1962 law allowed for a film to be banned for those under the age of 18, 16, or 14, allowing the law to act as a simple but far more legally enforced film classification system. Okay, we have like M and PG and R and stuff. Next subtitle, Talk, Secuti de Fuoco, which I think is the Italian title. What Do you know what that translates to? Um, I think it would be like Circuits of Fire. Yeah. Oh, cool. For the Italian dubbed version of Talk, oh, here, released as Talk, Circuits of Fire, the character of Trey was voiced by Italian rating descending all-star Robert Draghetti, who voiced Big Jack Lattimore in the Italian dub of Norbert, Moreau in the Italian dub of Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, Stop. and Jonah Hex in Jonah Hex. Stop! And, funnily enough, Amos in A Good Year. Oh, fuck off! <laughs> I have to Vira start. Vira is like more dedicated to this than we are. Like Vira has done the research. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> has has put in the hours. We're we're crowdsourcing the research that we frequently don't have the time or energy for. <laughs> Honorary host of Reading Descending, <laughs> Vira. Oh, and she said, and I don't know, probably others. I have to stop researching this, guys. I don't care about any of this. I need help, <laughs> and I relate to impulsively needing to find an answer that really doesn't matter in the long term. Oh, I love that. I lo- I love like these niche niche obsessions and rabbit holes we all fall down through yeah. it's fantastic mad respect as the trivia states talk circuits of fire was awarded its censorship visa on april 27 2004 but the decision was disappointing to warner bros italy while the film like most modern films had been approved for release due to the perceived due to the perceived risk of people trying to copy the stunts as well as the violence drugs and portrayal of police corruption the film review commission had voted unanimously to enforce a legal ban on the film for anyone under the age of 18 as a consequence it would also be illegal for any television channel to broadcast the film in any time slot god this gave warner brothers italy only one opportunity to to submit either an appeal or a cut down version of the film and only 20 days to do so instead of cutting anything warner brothers appealed uh, arguing that because the film was so obviously fantastic and deliberately exaggerated viewers of all ages would understand that the stunts portrayed weren't feasibly replicable their appeal mostly worked and on june 16 2004 a new censorship visa was delivered that allowed the screening for people under 18 however because the film portrays an unhealthy environment filled with morally unscrupulous characters and because the film and this is in quotes exalts the myth of speed whatever the fuck that means the film was still banned for those under the ages of 14 and could only be broadcast on tv between 11 p.m and 7 a.m in 2006, Warner Brothers cut six minutes from the DVD version of the film in anticipation of the censorship fr- process. This version was granted a full censorship visa with no age restrictions. Restrictions. It is unclear what omissions were made, and I was unable to find the 78-minute cut. Fair. 
on April 5th, 2021, five days after the release of Rating Descending Episode 215, Striptease, film censorship in Italy was abolished, ending over 100 <gasps> years of Italian cin- cinema Whoa! censorship. Congratulations, Michelle and Abigail. You did it. <laughs> Much love, Vira, longtime enemy of the podcast. And then she ends it with a quote. I struggle to bring a level of detail to important things in my life. The idea that someone could pour so much attention and detail into in, and time into something like that kind of makes me feel bad about myself. Vira, <laughs> I love you. I, I love I love that. That was sensational. Incredible. Love your vibe, bitch. <laughs> love the vibes. Love that you also waste your time on inane, stupid shit like us. Welcome yeah. to the club. Welcome to the club, indeed. Probably ended up spending a similar amount of time that it takes us to watch and research these movies yeah, as a whole. A hundred percent. I don't know about you, but when I watch the film, I'm also like just researching it as I go, you know, yeah. because I want to be able to. I don't know. It kills two birds with one stone. I can still pay attention to the movie while looking it up. It keeps me in the the mindset of it. The only exceptions is when we have to do like bland post 2010s horrors, and then if I look away from the screen for an instant, You're gone. I'm never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Once you detach, there's no coming back. There's no coming back. There's nothing to entice me on screen. It's so true. And then you have to like rewind because you're like, I actually did zone out for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, that was fantastic. That was sensational. Incredible. I like I learned so much. And it's also fantastic that they abolished these ridiculous censorship laws. Yeah. Like we did it. Hollywood introduced what coding in the in the 20s? The Hayes code? Yeah. Yeah. And um and also the fact that we had like a ban in Australia on like things like Bush Ranger films for like 30 years. We had yeah. this ridiculous ban where they were like it's encouraging violence and we're glorifying our criminal you know, history. And then in the 70s, people were like, fuck yeah, criminal history. Bring it back. <laughs> that was great. That was incredible. And hey. Well, that was Rating Descending. Yeah, that's it. We've peaked. There's, there's, it's all downhill from here, baby. <laughs> but you know what? Speaking of, th- speaking of going all downhill from here, this week we watched Super Mario Bros. Yeah. I, I have been, yeah. this is one of the movies that I've been looking forward to since we began. I knew it had to be on the list and it is, and I'm so happy. I, I have a confession to make to the, to the audience. Michelle, Uh-oh. you already know this. Oh, okay. But I've watched Super Mario Brothers before because of you. Yeah. And I've also watched. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> I've also watched, watched. Who Framed Roger Rabbit because of you. (laughs) Now, listeners, a week ago when Michelle was just reminding me of the movies coming up and I said, so what we've got on next week, and Michelle said, said Super Mario Brothers, I went, got it. Bob Hoskins' film based on, like, a video game or cartoon made in the 90s. Great, got it. And so I watched all of Who Framed Roger Rabbit and thought, it's such a good movie. It shouldn't be on this list. And I even said it. Claude was, like, watching over my shoulder, and he was like, it actually looks really good. And I was like, yeah, what? I don't understand why it would be on this list at all. And then when Michelle and I met up to record this episode a few days ago, my heart sunk when she brought up the name Super Mario Brothers because I realized I had spent the morning watching the wrong film. From my perspective, we were doing a double record, you know, recording two episodes in a row. I had offhandedly mentioned I was keen for Super Mario Brothers after the first one. We did the whole first recording and then Abby goes, I have something to confess. Tells me exactly what she just told you. And honestly, my number one response, cannot believe that you kept your cool 
all through the first recording. Would never have known that in the back of your mind you were like fully didn't watch the movie. Yeah, I just didn't want to bum you out during that recording. So I, I was like, I'll save it, it until we're, we've got to do this next one. Made it way funnier. Yeah. I was not bummed out at all. It was way too funny to upset me. And I again, I even went to the bathroom and I was like, maybe I could look up the plot of Super Mario Brothers because I've seen it before. Maybe I'll still tell Michelle, but I, we could get away with recording it anyway because I have seen it. And then when I saw photos of... Dennis Hopper is the villain and Toad as well. Mm. I was like, I don't remember this film at all. I actually yeah. forgot that there was an underground or secret world full of like lizard people. Um, yeah. So I need to go back and rewatch this. I, Coming Clean felt good. It was good for my soul. Hell, you know? I even rewatched it this morning, making it the second time in the last fortnight I've watched it, just because you're right. You really got to have it in your brain because there's a lot of elements there's to it. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. We probably watched it for Bad Movie Night ages ago oh yeah. yeah i mean i've already seen this movie like five times this was one of the like proto bad movie nights that i would just show to people it was you had a real again you've got like a real thing for bob hoskins in <laughs> 90s cartoon or video game i like two movies with bob hoskins That's a in lot it. of mo- hey what about hook i hadn't seen hook until you showed it to me no way. yeah i didn't oh. really grow up with hook that's a sad upbringing Sorry, man. Tough childhood. I, th- I think it was, but not for, <laughs> not for that reason. Not because of the absence of Hook. <laughs> not because of the absence of Hook. I think that was actually the last thing on my mind. <laughs> uh, let's not go into that, Trevor. Yeah, let's not do that. But hey, yeah. also, did you ever play Mario as a kid much? Well, this is what I was going to say. I, no. When I... <laughs> No, I did not. The only time I played Mario as a kid is that my brother had a Game Boy Color. It was mm-hmm. purple. Mm-hmm. And we had a, like a Super Mario game on it. And that was my favorite one. Nice. Do and you remember which one? Was it Super Mario Land? I just remember he jumped a lot. Yeah, well, that narrows yeah. it down. Yeah, you fucking uh, nailed it. And there the were one mushrooms. Mario game. There were mushrooms that you could jump on. God, you're so good at this. <laughs> you fucking and, idiot. Uh, I can't believe every single sometimes week. Sometimes <laughs> there's a level that you can jump up through a bit higher. Oh, and you can grow in size. You can be big Mario and small Mario. <laughs> Is this uh, doing anything for you? If I die, I got to ride on my tombstone. It's your fault. <laughs> no, I don't remember what what it was at all. But I remember I really liked it. But I was really bad at it. And mm. like, I remember like even the first level fucked me up. I remember like maybe at one point I got a bit better and I probably got like five levels in. And for me that was great. I just nice. wasn't very good at it. I did also have a Donkey Kong game. But anyway, yeah. that one Game Boy game is my only exposure to playing Mario in my life. I'm not, I don't have a lot of Mario experience, which means I don't fully understand the world of Mario and all the references. And I, this is what I particularly wanted to ask you, Michelle. Yeah. I really want to understand if this film is like faithful to the characters of Mario or to the world of Mario, or if all the lizard shit in particular is just totally made up for the film. So I, I can answer, I can answer, but I, know I just, Yoshi's a thing. I, I just, and Daisy's a thing. I want to first ask you, what do you fucking think? You think this is what Mario's like? I just don't know. Search your heart. You know what's true. You know the answer to this question. No, this is not an accurate portrayal of the Super Mario Brothers Mushroom Kingdom. This film opens with a woman that like drops an egg off to a um, you know, like a Catholic church, and all these nuns watch it hatch into a a baby. Okay, so there's no egg that hatches a human baby. And yeah, no, Super Mario Sunshine doesn't begin with dropping an egg off at a Catholic church. The fact that they're from Brooklyn—that's not part of it. I think Michelle, I want to open up this episode. He's not from Italy. What? He's technically not a human. Nintendo one time published... I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the time they're doing things as a bit. He is technically not a homo sapien. He is homo nintendus, which I think is a great bit. What? Okay, He's wait. from the Mushroom Kingdom. Wait. 
Michelle, let's backtrack. Sure. I've told you I basically know nothing. Yeah. Start at the beginning. Of Mario? Yeah. Okay, so I want to get one thing clear before, and then I will genuinely answer. Yeah. The secret to Mario, and this is what I think is fucking genius, right? Things like Marvel, Star Wars, you know, obsessed with overall continuity and consistent world yeah, building, yeah. right? And that that has its place. The fucking secret that Nintendo tapped into is that you can just do whatever the fuck you want and it doesn't have to mean anything. Mario doesn't make one lick of sense. Yeah. It's absolute fucking bastard gibberish that they rewrite every time they want to. Every time their heart sings that it should be something different, it is. Right? <laughs> However. Sounds like they're just following whims and impulses, and I love that. Yeah. That's how I uh, live. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto uh, listened to Joseph Campbell and did nothing but followed <laughs> his bliss. <laughs> Who's he? Like, how did he create? He, he's the creator of Mario. Okay. And has more than anything been, he's remained the main creative voice and shepherding of the, the franchise, mm. even as he stepped back from directing games actively. When did he create Mario? When? What year? Uh, the what early 90s. 82, maybe? I mean, like, the, with the first Super Mario Bros. game. And when was that? That was, I, oh, God, I can look it up now. I really know nothing. And as much as I wanted to research it, I was like, wait. Michelle will know. Why didn't I just ask Michelle? Yeah, that's a fair point. Because, I mean, it start, Super Mario Brothers started with... Technically, it didn't start with Donkey Kong, but that is obviously the genesis of Mario, right? Because in the Donkey original... Donkey Kong is the genesis of Mario? Yes. Yeah, so I know the, they're, they're related. In the original but... uh, Donkey Kong arcade game, which then later got ported to Game Boy, I uh-huh. also had that Game Boy cartridge. It's Donkey Kong, and at the bottom, you play as Jumpman. Technically oh. not Mario, but he is dressed like Mario... And has, you know, he's jumping, yeah. a real staple of Mario, and you rescue a princess that is technically not Princess Peach, it is Princess Paulina, if I'm remembering correctly. Paulina. Yeah. All right. And then you you, res- you you get Donkey Kong, and that was an arcade game. And then they made Super Mario Bros. on the NES in 19... 19- oh, it was a successor to the Mario Bros. arcade game, which was in 83, not 82. Oh, you were so off. I was so close, though. And yeah, it was released on the NES in 1985. Right. Right. A big thing. So then there was Mario what's, Bros. What's NES? The Nintendo Entertainment System. That was which the first is the, the one. first one. What it look like? Um, it depends on whether you're in Japan or everywhere else. Oh, you know I'm in Japan. Heart, mind, and soul. Then it was this red and white little thing, and it was called the Famicom. The family Famicom. Com- Famicom, like the Famicom. family computer. <laughs> Nintendo love contractions. Like Pokemon is Pocket Monsters. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we talked about this on the podcast before. I don't know anything about Pokemon either. Too busy getting chicks and getting laid, bitch. Give me some skin. Nice. Yeah. Well, instead of instead of doing that, take that out. I was learning this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was learning the ins and outs of a vagina. You were playing video games, bitch. Oh, I was learning the ins and outs through rigorous research. (laughs) 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 That sounds like a euphemism, but it's not. Just we're still talking about vaginas. Yeah, I mean, I'm just Googling, like, looking up how it works and stuff. Yeah, uh, look, this is something separate. This is a tangent. Yeah, sure. As per. Yeah. But I feel like I've met some dudes where they're, like, they know the actual technical terms for part of the vaginas when you're just like, oh, yeah, the top of my vagina hurts. And they're like, oh, the <laughs> pubical cleftus or something. And you're like, dude, I don't know what it's called. I just have it. <laughs> like, clearly you've looked at diagrams of, my, of like, a female body, but we don't, we don't look at it. <laughs> We don't care. You you could though. You could know how. I find it your so works. odd. I'm like, we just call it the top. We'll come back to this. <laughs> we'll come back to this. We're talking about Mario. I don't want the technical term. I think you're referring to the clitoral hood. 
<laughs> on top of your clitoris rather than the labia? Oh, the clitoral hood. Oh, the pubic mound. We're talking about Mario. We <laughs> Don't turn me off my own Look, vagina. I understand how Mario gets us to pussy, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pipeline, the Mario to pussy pipeline is only so long. Look, to, <laughs> to briefly go through the Mario universe and then we can start talking about this movie, typically Mario, a plumber who lives in the Mushroom Kingdom, the Mushroom Kingdom is the one ruled by Princess Peach... Not Princess Daisy? No. What? Daisy, I think, is uh, maybe a princess or whatever, but she was introduced later. She's a princess, right? She's a real princess in the games. Um, there I, is a Princess Daisy. I think she's a princess. She have, like, I don't know where she's and... princess of. Oh, she's the princess of Sarasa Land. She was introduced in Super Mario Land, as opposed to Waluigi, who was introduced in Super Mario Tennis 64 as a doubles partner for Wario. Yeah, and that's that's another question I have. Sure. I know the memes around Wario and Waluigi, but yeah. like what? Okay, so, they're just the evil versions so of Mario and Luigi? There's Mario Mario, and then there's... there's Luigi Mario? Then there's Luigi Mario, And is that from the brother. game or is that just in the movie? Because they say it in the movie, is it in the game? Are they called Mario Mario it and Luigi It wasn't in the Mario? game for a long time. This was the first thing that did that bit, but it's now a real bit. No way! Yeah. and then So this film was good for something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you could say that, yeah. All right. And then Wario is a guy who is kind of like Mario, but he's meant to be an anti-Mario. He's greedy and stuff. He's occasionally an anti-hero. I think it's because like Wa is like evil in Japanese or something. That's mm. why he's Wario. And then Waluigi. Oh, okay. The relationship between... So Mario and Luigi are brothers. Yeah. The relationship between Wario and Waluigi is never explained. It seems like Wario doesn't even particularly like Waluigi. So then Waluigi is just brothers. also there and is... The evil counterpart what? to Luigi. That's stupid. <laughs> That's dumb. It is dumb. The whole thing is dumb. <laughs> That's so stupid. Mario okay. Luigi's nothing. And then, yeah, Bowser repeatedly kin- kidnaps Princess Peach. Okay. And then Mario usually goes to rescue her. So it, Mario has more of a connection with, I, I guess, like, Princess Daisy is Luigi's love interest in this film anyway. Yes. But Princess Peach is the love interest of Mario. I, to this movie's credit, it's, it's fascinating because... They go, well, we want Luigi to have the love interest, and so they pick Daisy instead of Peach to be the princess. Mm. That's good. That's yeah. You know the game. Yeah. And then in the, But Mario has just a casual girlfriend whose name is Daniela. Yeah. Not a character. And she's just a woman from New she's York. She's just a woman. <laughs> yeah. And not even Paulina or anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, she's just a woman. Yeah. But if she was a character from the game, I feel like she would need to be sucked into... Actually, that doesn't actually... That's not true. The thing is, this the movie is clearly taking a lot of inspiration from the Super Mario show, which was a... When did that come out? Uh, before this in, like, the early 90s, late 80s. And yeah. that was a TV cartoon. Because, of course, Mario wasn't voiced until Mario 64, which came out after the movie. I think in like 96 what year was this? or this 7. Is, was this 93? Okay. Yeah. Until that point, there was no canon voice of Mario except in the Super Mario show where he's voiced by, oh, I cannot remember his name in this moment, but he is giving him a gruff Brooklyn voice. He's like, oh, really? hey, Mario, really? come on, he's we're not... doing the show. So where did, hey, it's me, I'm Mario, where did that come so from? So Charles Martinet was the voice for Mario in Super Mario 64, and, and that's year, where that the- 96, did you say? I think 96 or 97, I can look it up right now. Um, but that is where the, hey, it's a me, Mario, was Mario. introduced. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. And Charles okay. Martinet has remained the voice actor of Mario ever since no until way. the soon-to-be-released 2023 Super Mario Bros. movie where instead it's Chris Pratt. Right. Okay. <laughs> also, I have a question. 1996 is Super Mario 64. My memory of playing Mario, like, I in the games that I played on, like, the Game Boy, 
I feel like it was just Mario jumping on a bunch of mushrooms and that's all I remember. As for the antagonist he encounters, like in this film, they talk about uh, Cooper, Cooper, Coopers. Yeah. And I just want to know how many creatures from this film are actually in the game because I don't really, in the way that like I understand that Pac-Man eats or is attacked by ghosts, I don't understand what Mario is attacked by or like what his enemies are in the game. All of the names of things come from the game. Yeah. Right? Uh, ex- except n- almost none of them look anything like what they're supposed to. Is the villain in the game actually just Dennis Hopper? The villain, in th- yeah, the villain in the it's game just, just little is Dennis just Dennis Hopper's Hopper. that are like following him around. Well, they made a weird decision in that his name isn't Bowser in the movie; it's King Cooper. Yeah, okay. So and you know what Bowser okay. looks like, right? Green. He looks like that big turtle uh, guy. He wasn't green. Yeah. So wait, wait. Dennis Hopper's character is meant to be Bowser. Yes. What? Yeah. Why is he called Cooper in the movie? I don't know. What? I don't know. <laughs> this is what a Koopa looks like. It's a turtle guy. Wait. Not a dinosaur. A turtle guy. So how do you know that that's not meant to be Koopa's character, King Koopa? You could argue that. It's just a weird decision. How Bowser you know is sometimes Bowser? referred to as King Koopa because what? he's king of the Koopas. This, so is, this is technically a what a Koopa Trooper looks like. Oh. Yeah. Some of the main typical enemies of the Mario Brothers game. And we do meet Koopa Troopers in the movie, right? Those big guys with little alien, like, lizard heads? The, well, technically, they refer to those as Goombas, oh, Goombas which are a different right. uh, thing in Mario that look like but this. But they don't look anything that's like That's a them. little, like, rogue it's a mushroom. mushroom. Yeah. What the fuck? But those guys don't look like mushrooms. Yeah. They I'm look so more confused. like Koopas who are not dinosaurs. They are turtles. Uh, look, this isn't your fault, but by asking lots of questions, I'm more confused than I was when I started. Yes. Because it makes less sense than I anticipated. Do, do you see why maybe I was trying to head off this discussion? Because we still got to talk about the movie. <laughs> I don't get it. Why are the why are the, the Goombas, why do they look nothing like mushrooms? And they kind of look like the Coopers, but then the Cooper isn't even the King Cooper. Coop, King Cooper is Bowser. There and is... why did they not make him look like Bowser? Well, I mean... <laughs> Also, also, they introduced Toad uh, as played by uh, the guy from Jello Biafra, Mojo Nixon. Yeah, so who's Toad in the games? That was so stupid. I just Googled Toad and then it's just a bunch of pictures of Toads. <laughs> that's Toad. Oh, okay, that's Toad. Wow! Why does Toad not look like a Toad? No, 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 Toadstool. Mushroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a, like a mushroom person. And then the Toad in this movie is a big guy that plays music. Yeah, he's a, he's a real life musician. Yeah. That they got to, to, he's a folk singer, just a human being. Just a human being. And then they turn him into a Goomba. Yeah, with a harmonica. Who is a mushroom in the game, but. In the movie. In the movie. He's is got a, a little strange head. humanoid dinosaur with a very small head. Oh, it's so fucking weird. And that's I, Toad. Oh. That's that, we haven't even gotten into like Lance Henriksen playing the Mushroom King and all. It's entirely like slime mold style fungus. Yeah, I was about to say when the only, are, the presence of Mushroom in the film is her dad being a fungus that like drops through this little hole to say hello. It's gross. Not at all what mushrooms look like in real life, let alone in Mario. It, it's weirdly phallic as it's well. Weirdly phallic. Really gooey. So wet. Yeah, oozy. And Most gooey. mushrooms are not wet. <laughs> This film is crazy. I, when I was I was watching this with a friend of the podcast, Gaden, Gaden Souza, and the whole time I was getting so angry. I was like, mushrooms are not wet no. most of the time. Most of the time. Maybe there is some kind because of wet You spores. can have like 
slime molds and stuff that yeah. are related to fungi, but it, that's not that's not what they that's suggested not Mario. He was. Yeah, that's not Mario. Mario. Right, let's get into the key details because we're not oh, even there yet. God, I, I'm actually key detailed out, and you haven't begun yet. Like I'm I, feel ju- like I was. This is just the the preamble for Mario. These were the questions I needed answered, and I'm just so much worse off <laughs> than when we now started. Now you get, I think, more why this is on the list. <laughs> if I knew Mario better, I would be more frustrated watching the film, but because I didn't, I was kind of like, well, I assume that they're not straying too far. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Let, let alone like that it's flat fascist Blade Runner-style dystopia, not Mario. Yeah. All right, key details. Okay. Like I said, this is from 1993. The directors were actually a husband and wife team. Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel. Does that mean Annabelle is the like f- what the third or fourth female director that's been on the list so far? I think so. That percentage is going up. Hell yeah! And they say sexism is over. But I, mean, I can't it's... believe we breezed over the perfect people to direct a Super Mario Brothers movies are people named Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel. It's Incredible crazy names. names. Um, they were mostly known for doing uh, music videos for Elvis Costello, The Talking Heads, even Rush. Um, and they also invented Max Headroom. Uh, Max who was like, Headroom? Yeah, it was like a video AI-generated like host of MTV. Okay. It was very weird to explain. I showed it to uh, my lovely girlfriend, Brooke, and, and Gaiden after we watched it, and they were just more confused than when I just explained it. Uh-huh. Um, and they also made a movie called uh, DOA, which got good reviews. It's starring, as we said, Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper and Samantha Mathis plays Daisy. I like Samantha. Samantha Mathis? Yeah. Even after Mathis. watching her in this? Uh, not so much. You just She was such a 90s it girl. She really was. She yeah. was River Phoenix's girlfriend. She was in How to Make an American Quilt. Yeah, she I was think, in Little Women. I think for this movie, they cloned Samantha Mathis, and, th- <laughs> and this clone did not get any memories of how to act. Well, I just assu- assumed that she was like, disassociating because the film was so terrible she didn't want to be there that's my guess often her line delivery choices are insane in some of these we'll get (laughs) to that um and then returning actors fisher stevens who plays spike the spike and iggy who are named after bowser's real life like the koopalings his i think children yeah in this they play his cousins wait what was this guy in elsewhere like in he was in lol and movie 43 Oh, okay. All right. He was. I also know him for doing <laughs> brown face in Short Circuit, which oh, was so God. devastating to realize growing up. I thought that was a real Indian guy. God, just the, sorry, just throwback to recording movie 43 was just so intense. Yeah. It was like the dead of summer. It was like 38 degrees in the room we were in. Dying. Dying. The blinds were down, so it was dark. We were doing it by lamplight in the middle of the day. Also the realization <laughs> in the moment that an anthology sort of breaks our podcast setup system. Yeah, and it honestly, like we were like speeding through the end of it, being yeah. like, we have to finish it's um and dan castellanetta at the beginning voices like the dinosaurs and stuff no way and he was also in superhero movie and fantastic four so two different people who are now in the third uh movies oh and frank welker obviously voices some of like the the creatures and stuff he was in he also did some voices in the next karate kid okay Whenever you hear, like, an animal in a movie, there's a solid chance that it's Frank Welker. Nice. Claim He's to fame. incredible voice actor. Well, I have no respect, as we've established. Yeah. We for have him to. or any one of his craft. The budget for this was just given as between 42 to $48 million, Okay. And it made 38.9. Oh. Yeah. Pretty, pretty big bomb. Oh. Pretty big bomb. 
Here's the overview. Okay. In 1973, a woman leaves a large egg at a Catholic orphanage <laughs> and is killed by a mysterious man hey, while attempting to leave. We've all been there, babe. <laughs> the egg hatches containing an infant girl. <laughs> so explaining the setup of this movie is insane. Um, this actually skims over the the like prelogue, but uh, that's because I'll have to get to it. 20 years later, two plumbers, Mario and Luigi, are being run out of the plumbing business in Brooklyn by the corrupt Scapellis. After Luigi falls for local NYU paleoarchaeologist student Daisy, the brothers try to help Daisy repair her dig site after it has been sabotaged by Scapelli. However, Daisy is kidnapped and taken through an interdimensional portal through which Mario and Luigi follow. The portal takes them to Dinohattan, an alternate universe New York where all dinosaurs are transported to after the meteorite that would have killed them struck the Earth 65 million (laughs) years ago, where they have all since evolved into beings identical to humans, but dinosaurs. Okay, well, okay, hang on, just before you keep going. That's the first scene of the movie, and then it goes to 1973. (laughs) Yeah, just, okay, thank you for explaining it. Because hey, I didn't get it. I need you to know that prologue is was not initially in the movie. Oh, they really? just wanted people to get it. Ah! And they had to add it after people were like, what the fuck is going Even on? Even with the prologue, I didn't quite get it, to be yeah. honest. The prologue is the most insane thing. It's like, a long time ago. I couldn't focus on the words. Yeah, I and then there's focus like, on the voice. There's a weird thing. It was like, all the dinosaurs were on the earth. And there's like, boink, boink, hey, I'm a dinosaur. Yeah, it's too much. It's way too much. I, it's the whole film's such a sensory overload. I just, <laughs> yes. I need this overview so bad. That's why I like it. It's just stimming. Going back, Daisy is taken to the city's ruler, King Cooper, who reveals that she is the long-lost princess of the dimension and daughter of the Mushroom King, who has been turned into fungus strewn across the city by Cooper's newly newly invented devolution ray. The necklace Daisy wears is additionally revealed to be a fragment of the meteorite with which Cooper plans to reunite the pieces to remerge the dimensions. Never explained why that works. Meanwhile, this is like 20 minutes in. Meanwhile, Mario and Luigi are arrested along with the musician Toad, who was later de-evolved into a Goomba, a dinosaur-like creature, but break out after learning of Cooper's plan. Once outside the city, they form a plan and break into break back into Cooper's tower, finding Daisy, Mario's girlfriend Daniela, and other women from Brooklyn, breaking breaking them out. Mario and Cooper then battle in the streets of Dino Hatton while Luigi and Daisy attempt to stop Cooper's wife. Fiona Shaw's character. Fiona Shaw's character, who I think was his wife or mistress. Maybe mistress. From re-merging the meteor. They fail, but manage to re-separate the pieces, after which Mario manages to fire Cooper's own devolution gun on him, transforming him into a pile of goo, which unrelatedly restores the Mushroom King back to his original form. Uh, As also a human being, but a mushroom. Which I guess yeah. implies that Daisy's not a dinosaur, she's a she's mushroom. A mushroom. Mario and Luigi head back... The, the, by the way, the only two types of living creatures in this world are dinosaurs and mushrooms. <laughs> There's literally never anything else. And plumbers. Well, only because Mario and Luigi are there. Yeah, true. Mario and Luigi head back to Brooklyn, but are later called upon once more by Daisy. <laughs> so I had to skim over a lot, but that's because this movie is mostly I, nonsense. No, I was about to say, like, I think when I watched it, I was like, Michelle's going to have a hard time with this overview. Because yeah. I feel like there's just so much shit. How do you explain this movie? I just, you did a good job because it <laughs> clarified you. a few things for me. I mean, there's, there's so many things that don't make any sense. Like we said about like the mushrooms and the dinosaurs being, uh, they evolve back into just human beings, but dinosaurs yeah. completely identical. This world seems to be just one city, which I think is funny because later we see that King Cooper has like 
one of those like really big globes you can get that spin around. But it's really funny because the entire world is apparently desert except for the one city. So he spins it. I'm like, why'd you get a globe that big if it's nothing? If it's just desert. You just need the one city. It doesn't matter. Wait, so my can I assume in that case that the create like the people that wrote this film just kind of looked at the characters in Mario and went, hmm, there's a couple of them that look like dinosaurs. So how do we manufacture a dinosaur element into this film? Is that what it is? I don't know. I mean, t- like Yoshi is a dinosaur, and Yoshi there was are dinosaurs. just a dinosaur. He was just a full, full on dinosaur, m- like mini Velociraptor. He was actually so cute. As he was well. kind of cute cutie. and kind of an impressive effect. Yeah, it, it was a good dinosaur. The thing that I think is wild about this movie is like what they're doing doesn't have unimpressive parts to it. Yeah, it's just not Mario, and even not including that is fucking batshit nonsense. There's really fun effects and techniques yeah. that they use in this film. Doesn't patch up they, they what really, the fuck is going on. They really do make this bizarre Blade Runner for kids but dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> world. And wait, so Yoshi is just like a, a little dinosaur, right? Yeah. He's just, that's how he looks in the games. Yeah. Do you want to see what he looks like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's cute. Yoshi's, I mean, he's far cuter than this. He doesn't look as much like a full-on day. He looks like this. Yeah, he's a cutie. His whole thing is that he swallows things. Yeah. He's like a knockoff croc. He even... He's, oh I mean, God. some would say that croc is a knockoff Yoshi, but... But they would be wrong. I see it the other way. <laughs> he, he, uh, in Super Mario 2, Yoshi's Island, you actually mostly play as Yoshi as he's transporting baby Mario. It's a prequel. He's a, he's like Mario's oh, protector. fun. Yeah. That's cute. It's really cool. Yoshi's, Yoshi's a cool guy. So he, he's a good dude. Another question that yeah. I have is, why couldn't they just set a film in the Mario universe? Why did they have to just make it our universe and then there's a portal that takes you into the Mario universe, which isn't really the mario universe like why it wasn't even like was dino hatton ever a, a place in the no! Mario world no so why didn't they just make it the mushroom kingdom <laughs> listen <laughs> i think part of this i was discussing this with a friend the other day because it seems like they're doing a not quite similar but like in the new mario bros the trailer gives the impression that he's also from earth and then is like transported into the mushroom kingdom the, there's a really, really common thing, especially with video game adaptations, but also somewhat like live... A- every time you do like live action adaptation, especially, mm. is to turn it into an isekai, which is like the that genre of story, like portal fantasy, where like you get transported into a surreal world and yeah. stuff. Or a reverse isekai, like Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, is Sonic is in the real world, yeah. right? And I think that's meant to be because they're like, well, geez, regular people don't understand these crazy video games. Yeah, we, we got to have... Have a real person go there. But then then you would make it a woman that lives in New York gets transported into the world of Mario and meets Mario and Luigi. Yeah, probably. Not Mario living in the real world and being transported to Dino Hatton, which isn't even in the games. Yeah. I mean, it's what also the, the Mushroom Kingdom. It's just also the Mushroom Kingdom is one city that's called Dino Hatton. That doesn't exist in the game. <laughs> no. And completely changes the tone of the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. And the this tone of the resource-based dystopia where yeah. plumbers are illegal. <laughs> <laughs> And people aren't allowed to uh, speak out against Cooper at all. I just feel like my brow hurts from how much I furrowed it <laughs> during the beginning of this this fucking episode. Also, like him, he has a de-evolution ray, which is an insane thing, and mm. he uses it to turn people back and design to, into dinosaurs. We see later he actually can set it, you know, in reverse. A classic kid thing is that you can set whatever device you have in reverse. It ensures a happy ending. To evolve Iggy and Spike mm. in the hopes to make them smarter, 
Also, not necessarily how evolution happens. No, it, that bit was fun. You know, it was it was a little bit fun when they came out and they were like, "Oh my, how peculiar!" It's it's fun and it's a kids' movie thing. It's just for me, it breaks it a little because it, he has a device that can like make anyone like super smart and everything. Why isn't he using that more? He, and also, why were they so afraid of going into that device? Well, being they thought made it was going to de-evolve them. Right, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Also, when did you first see this film? How old were you? I think when I was 15. And what was your um, first impression? Um, this sucks and it's also the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. Because you know? I'm, I'm not going to lie, Michelle, like I'm I'm confused, but boy did I love watching it. Oh, yeah. And we'll oh, yeah. watch it again in the way that you've watched it multiple yeah. times. It's kind of a cult classic in a, a lot of ways. It's a fun time. It's so bad that it is good. But they're doing rad things. There's this one shot which I wrote down as a, like clearly inspired from Contact, which itself is inspired by the the Never Made uh, June by Alejandro Hodorowsky because it's literally like you, they go out into like the Mad Max desert and then it starts out over the entire city and then it just like tracks in, like swoops in like through some of the destroyed cities towards Cooper's Tower um, and then, like, to him standing in the window, and I have a piece of production history about it, that shot was done by one man over Whoa. a period of six months and was deemed impossible beforehand. <gasps> that's amazing. It's genuinely impressive filmmaking. Yeah, that's it, incredible. It's really fucking cool. I, I feel like they didn't, like, spare any expense with this film. It's just that it was still, plot-wise, just nonsense. Um, I have a little bit of production history that might explain some of it. Ooh, okay. Rocky Morton reflected on the movie in 2016 as a harrowing experience. He explained that he and Annabelle Jankel, along with the rest of the cast, agreed to make the movie based on the script originally written by Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenet, which focused on Mario and Luigi's complicated but loving family dynamic that they had developed in the absence of their parents. However, just a few weeks before shooting was to begin, the studio financing the film did demanded significant rewrites to make the film more childlike and comedic. The final result, according to Morton, was a script that was not at all like the script that he, Jenkel, and the cast had signed on to film, and that the tone of the new script was not at all compatible with the sets, which had already been built. Morton reflected that he felt very uneasy being put in the position of having to defend the new script, which is a real recurring thing, is that, uh, and I've got it, like, the cast and crew disliked Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jangle for their allegedly obnoxious and controlling behaviours, their regular rewrites of the script, and for making major changes to the film without telling each other or members of the production. It's such a recurring thing that, like, it sounds like they were being genuinely obnoxious and controlling, but also that they were getting fully blamed by the cast and crew for all of the studio interference and rewrites. Yeah, when they had people breathing down their necks being like, change it, make it different. Which would have in turn made them so stressed out. Yeah. And probably contributed to them being uh, obnoxious and controlling. Yeah. Um, Apparently, the film crew would regularly refer to them by insulting nicknames and even had T-shirts made that displayed rude comments made by the directors. Bob Hoskins referred to them as, (laughs) referred to them as the cunt and the cow. Oh. Reportedly, at one point, Dennis Hopper was so fed up with the drawn-out and constantly changing production that he spent almost three hours yelling at the directors, holding up the filming of a scene in Cooper's bedroom. Holy shit. Morton, however, uh, described working with Dennis Hopper as really, really hard. I don't think Dennis Hopper had a clue what was going on. And To can... be fair, I've heard a lot of shit things about Dennis Hopper. Yeah. I've heard that he's really difficult to work with. And you can see it in his performance. He yeah. has no clue what's going yeah, on 100%. in any scene. He's sort of like ambling around doing whatever the hell he wants. I feel like I would trust what Bob, Bob Hoskins said and what John 
how, how what's his surname again? Leg Leguizamo would say, but I just don't trust Dennis Hopper. I wouldn't trust him further than I could throw him. And I'm very strong. Yeah. I started going to the gym, so I'm very strong. Wow. Thanks. I believe you. I believe you. I mean, I also, I love what Leguizamo was doing. It was also an insane performance, but in the complete different direction, just completely leaning into the character. There's one point where they get to an elevator shaft. They're like trying to escape from the tower. They get to an elevator shaft and he, without missing a beat, like there's no way to get through it. Mm. And he, without missing a beat is like, okay, you know, I guess we got to, I guess we got to jump over it and stuff. And Mario is going like, what are you, what are you talking about? What are you going to, and he's like, hey, you know, you just got to believe I, I, I got to do it. And he just like <laughs> runs and leaps. It's an insane thing it's to crazy. say. Also, he as an actor, I, I, I found him really odd as Luigi because yeah. A, he and Bob Hoskins don't look anything alike. They don't have even a similar vibe to them. No, not even close. Um, and even though Bob Hoskins put on a quite believable American accent, yeah. he still comes off as this like loose Cockney nut job in a way, and like, mm. and it, they're just very different vibes, right? But also the way, when he's flirting with wait, Daisy, is Bob Hoskins not American? He's English. Is he? Yeah. Well, I I really mostly know him from this and. Roger Rabbit. I know him from Hook, and he oh was God. he was Pink Floyd's music manager, dude. What? So, do you, okay, this is crazy. The story of Bob Hoskins becoming an actor. Hmm. He managed Pink Floyd in the early years as a band, and he was with them when they were auditioning for something unrelated. He was in a waiting room waiting for the band to do something else, and an agent doing auditions for a movie came out and just saw him and was like, do you want to come audition for this thing? Like, we need more people in. He came in and auditioned, and they were like, you're great. You've got the part. And so just out of an accident, by being their manager, he became an actor. That's insane. He's just a, he's a cockney nut job. Holy shit. Yeah. And he plays Smee and Hook and he's like got a thick cockney accent. It's great. That's rare. Yeah. Okay, that's so cool. Yeah, he's a British guy. I love that. What I was going to say is yeah. that Luigi and Daisy, like I just don't believe the romance because I think... <laughs> Okay, when they first meet, Luigi is wearing a backwards, like, baseball cap. He's got his, like, shitty little sportswear on. He's wearing yeah. bling. Yeah. He looks like, you know, he doesn't look like Daisy's type to me. No, he I doesn't. I feel like if I met him in the street and he was like, do you want to go get dinner? I'd be like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you at all. Yeah, they don't seem like each other's type at all. I don't all. think they have a lot of... I, I was like, where, where are you finding the common ground in this romance? But she is also a freshly born mushroom person, you know, <laughs> because... They go on a date but she's later. she's the street smarts of a 20-year-old from New York. But this is what I mean about, like, the insane acting choices. Because when they go to dinner early in the movie on, like, a double date, which is a crazy first date to do. It is. Um, really risky. But they go on a double date and, like, Daniela is suggesting, like, oh, yeah, come to the beauty salon. You know, you know, you can get a tan. You'll ha- probably have to take your necklace off. And then <laughs> she goes, oh, I never take it off. <laughs> Presenting it as like this weird, like pathological thing. And does she like, not want it? What? And How does like, she shower with it? I'd be worried it would get damaged in the shower. She would just probably showers with it on. And she's like, I'm just, you know, it's the only thing I have since uh, of my mother. And they're oh, like, yeah. what? And she's like, oh, oh, I was, was abandoned. abandoned. I love that line. That <laughs> line is so Dropping good. it so chill. It wasn't even like, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm an orphan. Yeah. It's not even like, oh, yeah, I grew up in a, in a Catholic school. I don't know my parents. She goes, oh, I was abandoned. Yeah. No, but but she's delivering it like you would say, like, oh, I lived in France yeah. for a year. Or, oh, I oh, was abandoned. Uh, yeah, I bought my car from this and guy. Oh, Luigi I was abandoned. It's like, oh, you too? I don't know my parents either. <laughs> you don't know your mother or father neither? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Mario's been my mother. He's been my mother, my father, my brother, my uncle. You know, he's been the, he's been the whole thing. <laughs> Bob Hoskins really did give 0% to this performance, I must say. Yeah. Like, he just kind of, like, 
grumbled and and glared a lot and yeah. in his performance as Mario. I will say one one last thing I want to touch on before we pivot. One of the things that I hate in the movie is they introduced it at the beginning. I think it was from like 30 minutes that was cut out yeah. of what is now known as the Morton Jankel cut, uh, which I didn't get time to watch, but I have. Of is course you do. The whole recurring thing of he needs to believe, it doesn't mean anything because they never explain what yeah I, I think it's meant to be that he's cynical and should be more optimistic yeah. but it's literally like at the beginning it's just like hey i you know I, I don't know if we're gonna be able to do it and then luigi's like hey come on mario you just gotta believe i like this chick just believe yeah and then in in, in the later car he's like yeah i believe i but there's so many new york jokes in this so like yeah. I, I believe we'll never be able to make it through new york in this at this time of day yeah, yeah, you know, going yeah. through brooklyn you know like later he's like hey luigi don't be so surprised Surprise, there were Dodgers here too. <laughs> so many New York jokes. And then at the end, the movie literally ends on them being like, oh, yeah, let's do it. I believe. And he's like, you believe, Mario? And he's like, huh, oh, I believe. Believe what? What do you believe What are you talking about? It's like, it sounds like the same wishy-washy shit that was in the Polar Express. Oh, like, my that God. was about believing in Santa. But I just, they really threw the word believe out yeah. nonstop. Young boy, especially because it's believe. Well, it's introduced I at the believe. beginning when he has to drive to the plumber the, the plumbing job before the Scapellis get there because mm. in this world plumbing jobs are because we hear Luigi goes on the phone at one point where there's a guy being like hey I'm from I'm, I'm from uh, uh, Morton's Furniture you know we, we we just need a plumber here that's oh my god there's water everywhere send everyone you got so it seems like there's just like a phone line with calls sent out because he's on a public phone to plumbers everywhere to plumbers everywhere yeah and then they all have to race there it's crazy insane system crazy i I love that though oh by the way we didn't even discuss uh because that reminds me of the bit towards the ending where the worlds do partially merge and then two things happen that i think are really fucked up one is that he used cooper uses the de-evolution gun on scapelli to turn him into an ape and everybody laughs yeah (laughs) <laughs> they watched a man turn into a monkey and they're laughing. That's fucked up, man. That's really fucked up. Also, in 1993, we fully see the only thing in the city change be the two towers turn into destroyed versions of themselves. What? Yeah. Aged terribly. Ter- terribly. Wow. Terribly. It's crazy. Do you want to hear some trivia? Fuck yeah. I have a bunch of trivia for this. Sifting through the trivia for this was enormously difficult because of both the fact that this movie being incredibly famous has a lot of entries, but also being a bit of a meme has a lot of like false entries and obvious fake things. There was no joke. 20 entries in a row that were about various women uh, allegedly being considered for the role of Daisy, which they definitely weren't. Right. And also it's so uninteresting. They yeah. didn't play them. I don't but care. Also, consolidate. Put, yeah. the, put that in one thing. Yeah. Shigeru Miyamoto, Mario's creator, stated, in the end, it was a very fun project that they put a lot of effort into, but also said, the one thing that I still have some regrets about is that the movie may have tried to get a little too close to what the Mario Bros. video games were, and in that sense, it became a movie that was about a video game, rather than being an entertaining movie in and of itself. What? I don't think it was close at all. Miyamoto said <laughs> the movie tried to get too close to Mario Bros. And yet they missed by such a long shot. <laughs> I think this is that cl- classic, like, Japanese politeness. Like, yeah, yeah. I will not besmirch this movie. I think it tried too hard is the problem. Oh, true. 
The set for Dino Hatton was built in an abandoned cement factory called the Ideal Cement Factory in the woods outside of Wilmington, North Carolina. Set designs were adapted to the existing structure of the building. The factory was also used as the Shredder and the Foot Clan's hideout in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Top Dollar's nightclub in The Crow. Cool. Well, yeah, which I think is pretty cool. Also, an interesting thing, you know how I said this movie is very Blade Runner-esque? Yeah. The production designer on this was the art director on Blade no Runner. No way! Yeah. In addition to breaking his finger, oh, one thing I didn't mention before is that there were like like real aggressive uh, things at one point. And I think it was like during a scene between Mario and Luigi, Bob Hoskins got his finger like caught on something and broke his finger. Oh, shit. In addition to breaking his finger, Bob Hoskins recalled that he was stabbed four times, electrocuted, and nearly drowned. And in quotes, and that's just what happened to me. Oh, my God. He got stabbed four times? Yeah. When was there the presence of a knife in this film? Maybe it was just by some of the set and stuff. You know? That's crazy. Yeah. It sounds like this was not a safe set to work yeah. on. This is one of my favorite things. Tom Hanks was considered for the role of Luigi, but the failures of Turner and Hooch and Joe versus the Volcano led the studio to believe that Hanks was no longer a box office draw. What? Which to me is hilarious because they were like, oh man, we can't put Hanks in. He's not a box office draw. So instead we'll get John Leguizamo. I guess the 90s was his time. I think it was also somewhere like Danny DeVito was up for the role of Mario. That's so funny knowing that Forrest Gump was going to come out a year later and just like (laughs) smash through the box office. The idea, though, of this movie, but it's DeVito and Tom Hanks, yeah. is so funny. I also think he did this year that that year he did Castaway. Like he was he was on a roll. The producers didn't make good decisions. <laughs> <laughs> According to John Leguizamo, in his autobiography, Rocky Morton once poured hot coffee on an extra's head because he didn't like the extra's costume. Is Rocky Morton the director? Yeah, that's disgusting. That's what I mean about like the abusive and controlling what behavior. What the fuck? Yeah, hot so, coffee. Yeah, that's like. That's physical abuse. That is horrible. It can cause really bad burns. Oh, my God. Yeah. For unknown reasons, the entire ending of the movie has been cut for the Italian release. (laughs) I think we we might now know part of why. (laughs) In this version, the film ends with the Goombas dancing in queue outside the devolution machine, waiting to return normal. Even the end credits were altered with the inclusion of scenes from the whole movie and with Roxette's song Almost Unreal replaced with Speed of Light by Joe Satriani, which is also part of the soundtrack of the film. According to the post-production supervisor, this had the most ADR looping of any film she had ever encountered. (laughs) And you can tell, this movie is ADR'd to hell. Also, at one point, Rocky Morton said that he was locked out of the edit room and in part because he wanted to get the editor to cut digitally, which would have been like really early days for digital, but they refused. And he said they wanted to edit on Moviola and Steinbeck machines. Steinbeck's I understand. That were popular. Moviolas hadn't been used since like the 50s and 60s. Yeah, what the fuck? That would be fucking insane. Yeah. And here's the last one that I included almost as like a weirdly written piece of trivia because I think this is really funny. At one point, the producers considered casting a female as Cooper. A female. A female. You Cooper. say. A member of <laughs> the opposite sex. <laughs> ah, the female race. Mm, the fairer sex indeed. Ooh. Do you want to hear some reviews? Yes. Reviews! This movie has 28% in Rotten Tomatoes. All right. We're still in the 4.1s on IMDb. We'll never get out. Janet Maslin of the New York Times said. It doesn't have the jaunty hop and zap spirit of the Nintendo video game from which it takes ahem, its inspiration. Don't know why the ahem was included. <laughs> I also have another review 
This one is from friend of the podcast, Gaden Souza's <gasps> dad. What? <laughs> what? Who texted him while we're watching it. I liked the casting of Dennis Hopper, the ultimate drug fiend, as the evolved lizard, and I liked the really stupid, small-headed lizards that were easily controlled by hypnotic moving. Great, crazy film. Also, the idea that lizards have been co-evolving under New York was great. Who wrote that shit? Oh, I love it. We love you, Gaden's dad. Gaden's uh, parents, honorary hosts of Raiding Descent. Honorary now. host, Pedro Souza. Yes. And here's an IMDb review called... Oh, also, finding reviews for this was so hard because tons of just ironic reviews. Yeah. I tried really hard to find some sincere ones. You gotta look closer. This one is called... <laughs> by Arfs. Arfs? I guess maybe it's Arfs. Arfs? What's A-R-F-S? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like an Arf, but plural. If you slaughter this... <laughs> If you slaughter this movie and call it yet another commercial mistake, etc., you just haven't watched this movie close enough. I've watched it like a hundred times and it's just awesome! There are so many details such as parodies and irony in this movie. The society is like a parody of the American society and you find these details that just blow you away. Take, for example, the Bob Um. If you watch very closely when it stops under Cooper, you can see it says, Under the Bob Um's feet... Reebok, and there's a little British flag. Also, the vote for Cooper campaign and the old woman with the gun take anything. It's just wild. It's so weird and stupid and funny. The same time, it's just great. <laughs> Another thing is the act is the great actors minus the Daisy woman. Jesus, she, she's no fun at all. What the fuck? And the well-written script. Everything is connected. Come on, guys. This is cult. A weird kind of cult. You don't believe it the first time you see it, but later on, this is just great fun! This was supposed to be a kid's movie, but this is adult fun. Believe me. And Leguizamo has the sexiest accent ever. Does 10 he? out of 10. I, uh, <laughs> hey, come on. It's me, it's me, Jan Leguizamo. You know, I'm from hey, New York. I'm Luigi wanna Mario. Want to go for dinner? Want to go for dinner? Come on, I'm just, my accent is so sexy. <laughs> Come on, it's me. Don't like with Jumbo. Hey, babe, you want to go down later? <laughs> yeah. No, it'll be cool. Come on, I'll eat you out for a little bit. It'll be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be so good. Stop it. <laughs> this one's titled Good Movie, full stop, by Snuffles1588. I love this movie. It can be a little cheesy at times, but that's okay by me. It's funny and follows the game as closely as a movie can. Follows. A lot of items and events, i.e. sounds or whatever, from the game show up and the storyline makes sense as though there could be a game that uses it from the Mario Bros. series. Oh, Christ. The brothers themselves are well played and fit perfectly as you would think they would be. All in all, it's a good movie, so ignore all the naysayers who try comparing it to the video game or whatever and put it down! It's definitely worth watching if you like comedy and Super Mario. And for those people that say it is a shame to a game that saved Nintendo, you really should get your facts in order. After Super Mario was released for the Nintendo Classic, they were bankrupt. Mario was a good game, but the system itself was missing a lot in all its other games, and Mario did nothing to help. If you look into the history of Nintendo, Final Fantasy, which was going to be their last game, hint the name. Their Final Fantasy saved the system and company, not Mario. 
Also, that's not true. That's true of Squaresoft, the company that made Final Fantasy, not Nintendo. It's their face now. Sorry, it's there as in like over there. It's their face now, but it's just another game which happens to have a pretty good movie based off it. Bye bye all. But hey, that's just what people on IMDb thought was your review. And I mean, I've seen this film before and I really I've enjoyed it. Like it's the kind of film that I would watch again and again as a bad movie. But it still feels wrong to give it over five, but yeah. I want to. Because it, well, it's not good, is the thing. It's not, but I do like it. Yeah, I know like, you Like, I do enjoy it. Yeah, like, I, know, I, I know. I'm, We're probably going to watch it again at some point. You yeah, know? most it's likely. Not, we get a lot out of it because it's so stupid. And it was ambitious and silly. And, like, from the movies that we've had on this list, this is exactly the kind of movie that we did this podcast for. Yeah. It's not some shitty post-2010s horror film. Yeah. It is fun and engaging and silly and has a good cast. It it's, just went horribly wrong. It's the And that's what zone. we live for. It yeah. is. It's a golden movie. Yeah. So I'm not going to fucking trash it. You know, I had a good time. I'm going to give it a 5.5 out of 10. Nice. Yep. What about you? Well, look, I also love this movie and I enjoy it a lot. You've watched it a lot. I've watched it a lot of times. You'd sort it out. That's more than can be said of movies that I think are objectively a lot better. Yeah. Clearly, it is joyful. Yeah. But also, the attention to detail can be summed up in something I forgot to talk about earlier, which is the bit after they get evolved. Mm. um, And he comes out and he's like, what's the square root of 2,193? Huh? What? 191. That's the wrong answer to that question. (laughs) Okay. It's an easy thing to have just done the math beforehand. (laughs) That's just not the right answer. So obviously there's some flaws with this movie, Mm, right? Just a few. I think it depends. This is another one of those ones where I'm like, I think for regular people, it is a four out of 10. But I think for little gremlin people, for if you want something that is like, really wild and trying so hard to be something for and then people completely that have done this podcast for two and a half years i think it's like an eight or nine for that Whoa. like this is the pinnacle Whoa. there's a reason we still talk about it there's other bad movies from are the you, 90s what are you rating it then bitch i don't know i don't Give know it a score don't be shy this movie is important to me this i would be sad if we lost this movie if we lost any movie i'd be sad because art shouldn't be mind hold cough cough netflix oh, there's a couple of films um, that i would like to not warner brothers exist okay yeah i guess there's ones that have caused like material harm and stuff like birth of a nation or yeah, triumph yeah. of the will and shit yeah. All right. Well, yeah. All right. Hey, that was all before racism was bad. You know, give them a break. They uh, didn't know. Uh, sorry, that was so weird. We just cut out there for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm genuinely gonna give this a six. Whoa, not bad. I think because I think I, I get a lot. For a of... second, you were gonna give it an eight. No, I can't do that morally. I can't do it. I can't. I learned. I've yeah. learned my lesson. Yeah. But I think I get a lot out of this movie, yeah. and there's cool things in it. It's just it sucks and it's not good, mm, but it's like but it's I, fun. I had a but really it's not. fun time. But it is, but it isn't. Yeah, it's like if you go to like a theme park and you go on a ride that kind of sucks, but like you and your friends all like love it, mm. so you go on it again and you're like, well, I got my money's it's worth. It's not like then. the film, the, fa- the kind of film that you're gonna put on by yourself when you've got a day off, but it is the kind of film that if all your friends are pissed, you're like, what should we watch? Yeah, you'd probably put it on. It's like when you want to order a pizza and you're like, I could get nice pizza or I could get Domino's, and it kind of sucks and I feel bad, but like but in the moment, it's fun. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's that. All right, six it's out of six. ten. Fuck, bitch. Yeah. Bitch. I would watch this before I'd watch a good year. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I always try and think. But if you want to hear us think more things than just that. Because sometimes we can. 
Yeah, sometimes we can. Well, you can follow us and you can listen to our other episodes and follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Rate Descend Pod or TikTok at Rating Descending or like Vira, legendary Vira, you can email us at ratingdescending at gmail.com. Or you can find us on our personal accounts. I'm on Instagram under Abigail J. Ward. Or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at michelle.stclair. And don't forget to drop us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Nice. It really makes a difference. Well, hey, Abby, that was Super Mario Bros, but what are we watching next week? Michelle, next week I'm happy to announce we will be watching RoboCop 3. Yeah, baby. Yeah, but, and as I told you, I haven't seen RoboCop 1. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know of it. I know what it's about. I've seen clips of it, but yeah, I've never yeah. really sat down to watch the whole thing. He's a cop. He's a robot. You I kind of get the shtick. I'm not going to lie. And I'm sure it's really good. I just haven't had the time. I mean, the shtick that a lot of people miss when they're kids is that it's satirical. Mm. It's You're not meant to be like, that's so cool. Yeah. It's like kind of horrifying that yeah, he's a yeah. fucking robot. It's a rad movie. Ooh, well, join us next yeah, I'm sure the third one will hold up. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it'll hold up. I think it'll be just as good as the first. Yeah, for sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah, famously, yeah. famously. Bad, bad.